Download the app, Bet Big, Win Bigger. And I got to tell you, I really like the sound of that. And with WinBet, it's just that easy. WinBet has what you need to win. So if you're from Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, or right here in Virginia, sign up today to receive this special offer. New users can take advantage of WinBet's bet $25, get $50 in free bets. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com. Download the app, bet big, and win bigger. Let's get after it. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older and present in a state where WinBet is available. Gambling problem? In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And in Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Tennessee, y'all too. 1-800-889-9789. Welcome to the Greenlight Thanksgiving Podcast. Chris Long, Bo Allen, Ryan Fitzpatrick, two defensive linemen, one quarterback. In a normal situation, that sounds like it wouldn't end well for anybody. But with a quarterback like Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's every teammate's friend, this is nothing but fun. We talk quarterback play in the NFL in 2022. Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, Geno Smith, young studs who can spin it. Fitz goes in depth on Zach Wilson, what the Jets can do to help him, and how Zach Wilson can help himself in the eyes of his teammates. We also hear about Ryan Fitzpatrick, the family man at home, and his life on the road with Amazon Thursday Night Football. Y'all enjoy this one. We will be back on Friday with Chris, Kyle, and Lane Johnson. Happy Thanksgiving. Keep it short and sweet. We've got Ryan Fitzpatrick joining us today. Uh, Bo Allen's like his booking agent. If you want to get to Ryan Fitzpatrick, if you want to get to Fitz Magic, you got to go through his pickleball buddy, former Tampa Bay Buccaneer teammate, Bo Allen. So bringing in Bo for this one, and I'm going to talk to Fitzy about a lot of quarterbacks and some of the topics around the league. I'm not going to talk too much about the Monday night game in this show. Uh, There's too much going on, frankly. And uh, I'm ready to get to my Thanksgiving break. And I hope everybody has a great Thanksgiving. Uh, I am very thankful for the listeners of the show. I'm thankful for our, our crew here, Matt, Reed, um, you know, Scott, Macon, Nate, Kyle, um, the whole gang. I'm forgetting people. Bo, you know, like Nicole Auerbach, who joins us every week. We've got a lot of awesome people in our little um, kind of, I don't know what you call it, atmosphere uh in our orbit and uh it's awesome it's great it's great not have to do this alone so i'm very thankful for y'all and i'm thankful for the listeners because you guys do listen to a lot of our stuff um have they a, watch a lot of stuff on youtube they're great reed that's why i'm so thankful for you because you and help on plug. our tiktok page we got a tiktok page oh yeah and still i'm just thankful man it's an easy job you know there's a lot of bitching i do about this job but it's uh it is a lot of harder ways to make a living 
uh, and we work hard to get you guys a good product. So hopefully you, you like it, and uh, I'm thankful you guys are listening. Uh, all right, so the Monday night game, my comments on that game are that the fucking 49ers are starting to really convince people that they're the team we thought they were in preseason. I, I don't know if everybody thought they'd be this way in preseason. I mean, I definitely thought they'd be really good, thought they, I had them going to the Super Bowl, and then last night, inexplicably, I bet the Cardinals. I just thought Colt McCoy had more um, more for me. But I thought that game was pretty tight until the James Conner pick. Honestly, it was kind of like there was a lot of back and forth offensively. And I wonder how much of it, well, I know a lot of it is, just the sheer physicality of playing that team on both sides of the ball at that altitude. You know, every time I see a game, and it's only been a few times in Mexico City, I think there's been a couple, right, Reed? Three five. Or three or four, five, five, five of them. Every time it comes on the screen, it's like, you know, I sit down to watch the game, and then they show me the graphic where they're like, yeah, this is pretty fucking high up, and there's like a, a, it's a stadium rendering on top of a mountain, and it's 7,000 plus feet. That's, that's high. And, uh, and I played at 7,000 plus, talk about it a lot on the show at Wyoming. Mile high is tough. This is like that extra 2,000 really makes a big difference, and you forget about it, you know, um, and then... In the second quarter, I don't know if some of these guys know going into it just how fucking draining this thing's going to be. I'm pretty sure when they get off the plane, they've heard all about it. I'm sure teams have tried to acclimate them in different ways. There's no way to acclimatize or acclimate dudes for altitude. I mean, I don't know what they're doing. Well, Reed. it's interesting. This week, the 49ers practice at altitude in Colorado, yeah. and the Cardinals, they trained at home. Yeah. And you saw, you know, late in the first half, and even going into the fourth quarter, the Cardinals were the team that was gassed. Last night it worked out. Those guys didn't get tired. You could definitely see after a couple of the plays the look on some of the guys' faces early on, and I could see it like kind of not panic, but oh shit, you know this is legit. Yeah, it's legit. And you know whether it's a long a long drive or you know you you you, you chase a ball on the opposite sideline as a defensive lineman, man, that stuff really you can feel it, and um, the, it was it was in, entertaining to watch that. The 49ers are currently at the forefront of this, you know, thinking ahead of, you know, how much they want to travel, where they want to practice, because every time they come to the East Coast mm -hmm. and they either have a bye week followed by another East Coast game or back-to-back -back East Coast games, they'll stay over here in West Virginia. We like practice that. Practice all week and, we, you know, eliminate the travel. We like that. I liked it as a player. Like, God, that time on the plane, it's not just the time being seated. And, like, you know, I, I joked about this with Dave Damashek, but, like, you know, the longer you're sitting as a guy with a bad back, as a guy who's jacked up from football, like in the middle of the season, I don't want to be sitting there with my, my hip flexors shortened for like three, four hours. It's not good for, for your, your whole chain and the dehydration of sitting in that metal tube. So like if you're going across the country, hell, if you're flying down to Mexico City, which is a, a low-key haul, man, like that's a long way from even Arizona, I think is probably a couple hour flight. So yeah, they're doing something right. And I think it has a lot to do with the players. You know, I, I posed the question last night and it was interesting. So Niners fans that listen to this podcast, if there are some, like feel free to weigh in. Um, I used to love playing against the Harbaugh led Niners. They were so physical. They were so good. It was such a challenge. The, the O-line was so good. And I kind of wondered last night uh, as I watched that team, the physicality, the, you know, the, 
the multiple ways they can beat you, the di- dynamic ball carries they have, um, you know, the complexity of some of their run game. Which offense is scarier to face? Like if you were a defensive player, now this is where it gets hard for you, the fan. But imagine playing both offenses with the with the pieces that they have in the the respective situations. Somebody was like, "Well, can I sub out Trent Williams for Joe Staley?" And I'm like, "Hey, that's kind of fucked up because Joe Staley's really good, but Trent's just like a you know he's 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 he man." Um, no, the players that that were on the field for those two respective runs, this being a run, you know, like I, I honestly would rather play the Harbaugh led led Niners, and no disrespect to. Frank Gore to to um, you know to Delaney Walker to Vernon Davis to that entire offensive line to fucking Anquan Bolden. I'm talking myself out of it now. Did <laughs> <laughs> so you say Anquan Bolden? I'd love to hear what Q would say, man. Like, you know, what does he think? Like co- comparing those two offenses because they're so close in the way that they will break you. Like they are physical groups. You got George Kittle, the whole thing. Um, you got a physical O line. You have Debo Samuel, who's a bully with the ball in his hands. Now you got Christian McCaffrey, who last night he had five of the 49ers' seven first half carries um, and gassed them one way. And then in the second half, they ran Elijah Mitchell. So it's yeah. a completely different back um, that the 49ers ran out. They both finished with the exact same amount of carries um, or within a couple carries nine for Mitchell, seven for McCaffrey. Uh, Debo Samuel had a couple, but being able to switch out those two, you know, near Pro Bowl guys, yeah, it's tough to have to game plan for both, let alone switch up a game plan mid-game. It is. It's tough. And like defensive players, we have indicators. This guy's on the field. These run plays are probably going to happen. But if they can all do the same things, it's really... And then the nuances are, you know, they're hard to consider pre-snap. Like, okay, this guy likes to wind it all the way back. You know, like he's going to he's gonna see that edge set and you really have to, you know, as a backside end, I have to be, I have to stay square and cognizant of him re- reversing fields. Maybe this guy's a one-cut runner. You know, maybe this guy's really more elusive, more powerful. So... I think it does. It adds another layer. Is like fuck. Like you can't just get used to CMC. You can't just get used to Mitchell. Um, they're throwing different things at you. So, yeah, I think I would probably rather play the old Harbaugh group. It was much less sideline to sideline, and that stuff now is tough to contend with. And the Niners look like the team. They are who we thought they were. Denny Green. You know. And also, you wouldn't want to play a quarterback. Who's dropping four touchdown passes? Okay, yeah, Reed, good point. We didn't give Jimmy any fucking love. He played really well. You know, he played really well. 13 to 17 for 149 yards and uh, all four of his touchdowns and in breaking roots. Uh, The most touchdowns on such passes in his career. Listen, uh, my man's got some, you know, everybody knows like Jimmy G, he's not perfect, but but boy, does he give them a chance to win? Uh, You know, like. He, he's just, he's kind of woven into the fabric of that team and their identity. I mean, really and I think the guys, um, the guys love him. And last night he was actually a pretty damn good quarterback. And it's one week after uh, that tweet went viral or that static, that graphic went viral of him um, in the week 10 game uh, that had a stat, you know, that basically was saying he wasn't doing anything in these wins. He was like 10 and 0 in, you know, without throwing a touchdown. And then he drops four touchdowns yep. uh, and gashes the Cardinals and is pretty much their entire offense. And that's a team that's ready to quit. Mm. You know, I'm not saying they're, they're, I'm not calling them quitters, but I'm saying like this is the quit zone for a team like that. And by quit, I just mean like mentally the bottom falls out. The guys are going to keep the motors, are going to keep running. 
but just you know like the having it upstairs every day coming into work believing you can win when a team loses that belief they can give maximum effort but if you don't believe it's a different kind of vibe so yeah i I definitely grain of salt on that performance but definitely one that you got to shout out and it's especially tough um when the cardinals know that they have not been a second season second half of the season type team. oh man here it comes the second half <laughs> regression cliff of the mean and in, <laughs> that's right cliff in his first seven games of the season uh 66 percent win percentage rest of the season 32.3 percentage yeah it's gonna get ugly Both and, about the same numbers at texas tech and arizona cardinals and guys like it's never too late for a resurgence mathematically and the whole thing, but guys were quitting last night on the field. Like there were a couple guys that threw no hitters and were highlighted in that game. And listen, I'm not going to call people out. I'm just saying, like it, it's it's um and a guy like Buda Baker who you saw him break that team down and he's a great player and we joked about it on this this you know this pod before because of the whole bit thing, but my man wants to win you know like I know other people want to win there, but that's a great player and you feel like that defense. You know, watching some of the performances last night, you feel bad for, you know, guys like number three. We were just well, talking. Well, is he three? Um, He's three this year, yeah. yeah. We were talking yeah. uh, about TJ Watt and how we were um, kind of bummed for him that mm-hmm. he's uh, not being lost, but um, not succeeding as much as he, as a player of his caliber deserves. Yep. Same thing with Buda Baker. Who goes all out and every yep. year in dog years is like, it's more than one year. And so mm-hmm. like... Uh, you know, you can't just waste a year in the NFL, and it probably feels like he's wasting his career. So anyways, yeah, here we are talking about the Monday Night Game for a while. But check us out. Enjoy Fitz, Fitzy and, and Bo and myself. We're going to tell some stories, have some fun, and, and talk about quarterbacks. On Sunday, we'll be doing Amazon Amp in conjunction with our live stream. Ooh. So make sure, you know, if you can't watch on YouTube, make sure you're uh, on the Amp app and listening. For sure. The best moments in a sports fan's life are in football season. I'm not talking about September. I'm not talking about the first week in October. I'm not even talking about the second week in October. I'm talking about when it gets colder, the temperature drops, the games get bigger, the hits get harder, and you can curl up and watch some meaningful football. I like to do it with a Miller Lite from the fridge and a cold frosty mug from the freezer. Frosty mug, meat, a cold, beautiful can of Miller Lite from my fridge. That's teamwork. We come together, we can make a great play out there. And the, and the best play to make on a Sunday is a nice cold Miller Lite and a frosty mug at home. That's my favorite thing. Maybe a fire in the fireplace. Yeah, now we're talking. But Miller Lite, it's an original and it's more than that. It's been a fan favorite since 1975. The best part, no matter how your team plays, Miller Lite is always a winner. The perfect beer for Sundays. I gave you the, the hot tip. Having that frosty mug is a lot like having home field advantage. I mean, like, it just makes everything better for your boy and your boy's friends who file in every Sunday to enjoy cold, ice-cold Miller Lite uh, at, at, at my house. I mean, we have a lot of people over, and i got to have the Miller Lite stocked up. A lot of light beer cuts back on the most crucial ingredient, flavor. Just 96 calories and 3.2 carbs for 12-ounce serving. Miller Lite, quick on its feet, heavy hitting on flavor. No wonder it's been MVP from day one. This football season, enjoy the sweet taste of victory with Miller Lite, the original light beer. Find it pretty much anywhere beer is sold. Go to MillerLite.com greenlight for delivery options near you. It's Miller time. 
Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. If you're here in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, or right here in Virginia, and you haven't tried the WinBet app yet, I have great news for you. Sign up today to receive this special offer. New users can take advantage of WinBet's bet $25, get $50 in free bets. WinBet is basically giving you free money. Don't turn that down. Don't pass that up. Download the WinBet app today. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older and present in a state where WinBet is available. Gambling problem? In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And in Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Tennessee, y'all too. 1-800-889-9789. All right, Bo. Do you want to start by being accountable for being late? Hey, Bo, did you leave? Hey, Bo, did you, did you let the other people on the podcast down? I might have, and I'm sorry, guys. It's important to be accountable for your actions when you, you know, when you let other people down, especially when you're a team leader like I am for the Green Light Pod. <laughs> uh, I'm really sorry for letting you down, Fitz. I'm really sorry for letting you down, Chris, Reed, Scott, everybody, for being late. I apologize. That's my mistake, and it will never happen again. You see how important that is to take accountability for your actions. Can you it's hit Denzel a- Mims in the flat? Yeah, fuck yeah. Okay, somebody get Robert Sala on the phone, Fitzy, right off the bat. <laughs> Just because Bo's late, I think it's a dynamite segue into Zach Wilson. <laughs> Are you tired of this story? Is this story stupid? Is it overblown? Like, what would you have said? I think I think people are piling on extra thick right now. Uh, yes, he needs like you know I said this earlier. A he needs to learn how to play quarterback in the NFL. There's some stuff that he just doesn't do right yet. But that interview is part of it. It's part of being a leader. It's part of being accountable. My biggest red flag is what happened last year when he was struggling and they brought in his personal quarterback coach, John Beck from California and put him on staff to hold his hand and to make sure that everything was okay. And I just feel like he's been coddled a little bit. Um, You know, John's no longer there. And, you know, Zach has had some struggles, but I think that's one of the biggest parts of it is just the accountability part and actually acting like an NFL quarterback. Yeah, I and I, I kind of ripped him yesterday, so guilty as charged. I mean, I just thought, you know, with all the plays that defense made, you know, all we want to hear when we go back to the locker room is accountability. That's it. I mean, it's that simple. I'll look past a lot of BS. You know, I've played bad. I had I've had bad years. I've been... But I, you got to stand at the podium and say, like, hey, like, I, I need to get better. Uh, it's it's on us. You can even say it's on us. I mean, it's just uh, one of those things, and, and I agree with you. I did think um, – I thought Boog went a little far last night. <laughs> I, did, I, didn't surprise, see what, surprise. I didn't see what he said. The rich yeah, kid. <laughs> the kid who oh, grew geez. up rich doesn't like what Booger said about – Booger said to Steve Young, who ironically had taken a shot at um, – at Chris Sims once about being affluent uh, and that factoring into how he plays quarterback. Booger was like, he's not accountable. He grew up with money, so he's not accountable. And Steve Young was like, hold on a minute. Hold on a minute, player. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it does feel like it, it's... Fellow by you quarterback, right? It does yeah, feel like but- they're laying it on a little thick, though. And I, I also want to raise this one point. That he might have had a like kind of a vendetta against the guy asking him the question, 
and this doesn't excuse it. Evidently, this guy Connor Hughes, uh, who's a who's a New York media guy, has been on his head, and they have like this really kind of contentious relationship. And I guess him asking him the question, it could have possibly been him being dismissive of the reporter and not realizing what this was going to look like. And I'm certainly not making excuses for the kid. I'm just keeping it real because the context is is. I mean, it, it's a real thing. Yeah, and I, I would just say that I, I know Connor Hughes, and he is kind of one of those guys every now and again that'll you're seeing the same guys over and over again that'll get under your skin a little bit. Um, I just think you know the path moving forward. I don't know if they're benching him or not. I mean, obviously we saw some comments yesterday about everything's on the table, but uh, if it was me with Zach, I would just start having him having one or two periods every practice where they're going against the defense, whether it's a third down period, whether it's a two minute period, what, you know, the day that you're actually working and going, I would have him stop coddling him, have him go full bore against these guys and have him learn some of those tough lessons in practice. Because sometimes this is what always bothered me as a quarterback. Sometimes when confidence isn't high, coaches are going to try to manufacture and script things to where practice is perfect and you're getting the perfect look. And they're telling you beforehand, hey, this is going to be quarters, throw the post. Hey, on this one, let's work on getting the ball out quick to the flat. You're going to get a blitz to the right. And I'm not saying that's what's happening in New York, but that's what happens a lot of times with these young quarterbacks when they're struggling is you try to script for success in practice and that doesn't help and transfer into the game. And so that would be one of my solutions. Have him go up against a defense where he doesn't know what's coming, where they're coming at him, where they can talk crap to him. He can give it back to them, and you know they can work this thing out on the field a little bit in practice. Doesn't that come down to the coaches, too, being willing to have a shitty practice offensively? Because I feel like I coaches agree. are way too protective of how their practice goes in a game week. Like, they're just – it has to be perfect. They're the most OCD people in the world, and I, I respect it. There's a lot that needs to get installed, and there's looks you got to give. And you want players to have success, but you know, like it feels like uh, winning the battle um, when you're trying when the goal should be winning the war, right? I mean, like, you know, hey, we might have a bad Wednesday, but in the long run, this could pay off. Yeah, so it's it's much better to have those mistakes and have all of that happen in practice. But it is, I mean, coaches just it ruins their day, it yep. ruins their week. But it's like let's get all these things out of the way. Let's talk about some of these things. Let's make these mistakes not on Sunday, and then go out there and play better on Sunday. I think that's probably part of the issue. Do you think the mechanics are an issue? Because I'm not a quarterback coach. Obviously, I'm not a quarterback, but I can see some of these balls that are sailing, or you know. And I know the wind was bad, but it looks like hey, kind of nonchalant back foot, kind of arm angle is weird. Am I being a stickler? Yeah, I think so. I, I think it's more. I think it's more mentality. I, I think, you know, if you look at the two yeah. New England games, the first New England game, you know, he made some stuff where he was running back, the, you know, away from the end zone he was going to and throwing off his back foot, and he had the three picks. And it's almost like he went into this game and said, look, if I don't throw any interceptions, then it's a win. I'm doing my job. And I, I just think there's a fear there now of throwing the interceptions it, because as a quarterback – as long as when you point at that stat sheet, there's no picks, you know, the easiest thing to do is to take a sack because then it's not necessarily your fault. You know, oh, I, yeah, I got pressure or, you know, you hold on to the ball too long. But at least in that case, there's no interception on the stat sheet. And I just feel like some of these young guys aren't confident enough in themselves and they need to get more confident in themselves yeah. to be able to maybe make some of those mistakes. But on the heels of the three interception 
first New England game, I think the mentality played a lot into that performance on Sunday. What makes New England so damn tough defensively? Because it feels like there's no world beaters on that defense. I mean, you like Judon. I like Judon. They manufacture a lot of pressure. He's a really good rusher. I mean, they've got young guys and Jack Jones stepping up. They have backers who seem instinctive. Good team defense, like leadership, Devin, but how do they affect people so much? I mean, they seem to affect young quarterbacks. I know they're going to play Minnesota on a short week. It'll be interesting to see what they do to Justin Jefferson. What makes them so good defensively? Everybody's like, oh, Bill's a wizard, but like, what does that mean? Yeah, and it's, well, I got two former New England guys here. You know, you guys both bought into it, right, Bo? Part, part of it is, you know, it's always talked about. They're going to take away, you know, what you're best at. So there was no way they were going to let the Jets run the ball, right? And with that, it's not even that the defense is that complicated. I mean, they're either going to play a version of cover one and be manned up and make you make tough throws, or they're going to play soft zone and make you check it down and make you be patient. And that's kind of it, along with the cover zero. You know, they'll either bring cover zero, they'll bluff it and go out. And, you know, the the infamous Sam Darnold, I'm seeing ghost, you know, once they find a weakness and once they see something you're struggling with, they're just going to keep attacking it. But for me, you know, they play man coverage so much, they know where their help is, you know, they know where their deficiencies are, and they're really good at it. So I always enjoyed playing them because you know what you're getting. And they're just going to challenge you to make the throws on every single play and to do the right thing. And it's not complex. It's just they will take away what you're good at and make you do something you're not and make you be uncomfortable with that. So I I think they do a great job. I mean, this year, maybe more than any of the other ones, is proving to me like Belichick is is a great football coach and you know talent wise they just don't have a lot this year and they're still continuing to win games what do you think they do to justin tomorrow night i mean how if you're a d coordinator um as people are listening to this wednesday morning so tomorrow night uh what do they do to to justin on thursday night i mean they're gonna double them they're gonna have somebody jamming them at the line all game. There's going to be somebody probably that follows him. And sometimes what New England does, if they love one of their corners, they'll put him on the second best receiver, and then they'll put their second corner on the best receiver and put a safety over top. So they're going to double him. So as an offensive guy, what do you do? Well, Justin Jefferson just can't sit outside at the X and get doubled all game. Bring him in motion. Put him inside to where it's much harder to double because he's got that two-way go. There's things that you can do to scheme around that. And, you know, we saw that firsthand back in 2015 and 16 with Brandon Marshall. Brandon was so dominant with the Jets. uh, That's what they did. And, you know, if they're going to hard double him all the time, there might be some in pumps and some stuff where you can get the ball to Justin down the field. But they'll have a plan. It's just probably going to involve two guys on him. And so Kevin O'Connell is going to have to counter that by – you know, putting Justin Jefferson inside and moving him around a little bit. Vince, I'm kind of pissed, man. I was hoping to shoot the shit with you a little bit before we got the interview started, you know, really uh, get my day going. I was joking with Chris off uh, off camera because one time I got his ass real good in, in uh, Philly on New Year's Eve, kind of tricked him into going to this bar uh, with a lot of people there. He was really unhappy. Well, there's a lot of 18-year-olds, Bo. There's a lot of 18 to 20-year-olds. Uh Chris was a little shook. His mom was there. We joke about it all the time. Does that uh, does that sound familiar to you at all, there, Fitz? <laughs> yeah. Well, I you know 
we you told me we were going to a bar, which I'm okay with, but I didn't know that it was full on nightclub with bottle service. (laughs) We had like the the elevated table where everybody was staring at us. It was. I would say it was a top five worst <laughs> moments, most uncomfortable moments That's one moments of my favorite Fitz memories of all time. Fitz, I've seen you, you know, throw three picks in a game and not be shook at all, but I've never seen the look of discomfort on your face like at Bar Howard at 2 a.m. that one night. We, we were at Cam Brate's wedding. Cam's a tight end for the Tampa Bay Bucks, and I hadn't seen Fitz in a while. We were catching up, shooting the shit at the wedding, and he was about to drive home. I said, why don't you just – I'll drive with you. We can catch up in the car. Maybe just stop for one drink over at Bar Howard. Fitz had no idea, but Bar Howard is like the clubbiest club in Tampa, you know? So we actually, because everyone was going from the uh, from the wedding over to Bar Howard, and so we beat the party bus there, and we like walked in, and you should have seen the look on Fitz's face. It was packed, just absolutely packed with literally 18 to 20-year-olds. Wow. We were the only two people in this section that was like roped off, and the look of just disbelief. He's like, this is what people are wearing out these days. It was so well, it was, like Rip that's Van Winkle. That, he hadn't been, he hadn't seen the light of day in a while. That was what got me though. Is like, I, I knew <laughs> I was in trouble. First of all, there was a line at like one 30 in the morning to get in, but then it was like girls were wearing G strings and fishnet stockings. And that was like the outfit. And I was like, <laughs> where are you taking me? <laughs> like, I had, uh, and we, and that's to both yeah, points, it was we were the so only funny. ones at the table. Yeah. yeah, everyone was just staring at Fitz. Who's this guy? With this like you guys are dating. Like yeah. like like uh, Fitz is your sugar daddy or something. <laughs> I, like when we were um, hey, when we were in Philly so and and he was like, yeah, let's go out. You know, New Year's Eve. Let's go get some drinks. Like whatever. I'm like, I got my mom with me. I got my wife with me. Something low key. He's like, yeah, I got the perfect thing. We walk into this club and too. it's all eighteen-year-olds, and I come to find out that he got us into that club because he wanted to get his underage sister into a club. That was the whole reason he sacrificed <laughs> us for his underage sister. He yeah. used so you as a pawn we went to this like team. you know no ID club, and that's how I spent. Yeah, that's yeah, that's how I spent my New Year's Eve. And the worst part is, I don't know, if, Fitzy, for you, if you were ever comfortable with people rolling up to your table with sparklers. But I feel like that is that just makes me cringe every time now that I'm in that situation. I don't know what it is that we just there was some threshold in our life like around 34 or maybe it was retiring and feeling like you're unworthy of the sparklers. But now every time there's sparklers coming at me in my in my table, I feel ashamed. I feel like so I feel but so like never, fucking self-conscious. I've never yeah, been to a, a club. At- that was yeah. the only time I've ever been to a club, ever. Never been to a nightclub in my life. So I didn't what? even know the sparkler thing existed. Like, it's just not part of who I am, Mr. Long, okay? It's just not what I want to do. So when the sparklers came out, yeah. and again, just that me and Bo at the table. Just me and Bo with sparklers, like holding hands, <laughs> like looking at everybody. It was so uncomfortable. No, that's what Bo will do, put you in uncomfortable spots. Yeah. Uh no, it's good. I got, a, I got another question for you, Fitz. Uh, you, you know, there's no Amazon Prime uh, Thursday night game. You got Thanksgiving off this week, right? So I want to know what you're doing over at the Fitz house. What are you and the kids got going on? Big Thanksgiving traditions. What are we? Who's doing the turkey? Liza's doing the turkey. What do we got? Talk to me. Well, yeah. Th- so this one's big because not only is it our first time in Arizona doing Thanksgiving, but since we're best friends, Bo, you would remember that it's my 40th birthday on Thanksgiving this year. So thank you uh, for leaving that out. I already wished him a happy yeah. birthday. 
Yeah, thank you, Chris. Um, but this is big because now we've got no everybody kind of descending on the house. I've the last like five years fallen into the role of on the turkey fryer. So I man the fryer outside, keep everybody away. Mm-hmm. Every now and again, somebody will bring me another beer yeah. and we just get to sit and talk. But I'm kind of away from the chaos a little bit. So it's a, it's a job that I've come to enjoy on Thanksgiving. What's, yeah, that's a good role to have. Is there, um, we talk about code breaks a lot on this show, like things that are just unspoken rules that people can't can't violate. Is there like a Thanksgiving code break for you, Fitzy? And where would you rank Thanksgiving among the holidays? So I'm a little bit biased because my birthday is right there. I love Thanksgiving. I would say probably Christmas one, Thanksgiving two. Uh, although I'm a big Halloween guy. We had a big haunted house this year. Uh, with some jump scarers, which was fun, but uh, I don't know. I mean, I, <laughs> the one scares. thing that bothers me, yeah, my my teenagers didn't go out this year to trick or treat. They were the jump scares, which was fun. Uh, what was not fun was me buying ten mannequins, and every time they ship one to the house, my wife being like, "Another one, another mannequin. What are we doing with these mannequins?" <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, you don't have enough fucking people around your house. <laughs> Yeah, so now what would it be like if we had 14 children? Yeah, these things up all over the house. No, so Chris, my brother lives next to unbelievable, and he has he has five kids, so we literally have 12 kids like in and out of the house all day. Goodness gracious, yeah, it's a a lot going on. Goodness gracious, it's a compound Thanksgiving meal is just another day for you guys, you know, Um, having turkey tonight. It's good. It's it. We were talking about this, Fitzy. It's good to have. It's good to have some time off, right? Because it's been a grind. Like it sounds like it's a lot of fun, but you do have to travel every week, which is something that that we don't think about. Like we're like, okay, there's Fitzy on the set, but we don't think about like how everybody's got to get there and leave, and it feels like you know it's probably a little bit. Um, I don't know. With in football, I feel like we had schedules and it was very routine and. You knew what we were doing. How's the media lifestyle been as an adjustment for you? Yeah, it's been really good. But that's the thing you don't think about is there aren't any home games. You know, so there are you're getting happier games at home as a player. These yeah. are all away games. So it's always, you know, we were joking earlier. I travel on Wednesday. We do the deal Thursday. I get home on Friday. You know, with soccer tournaments and whatever else going on Saturday, Sunday, it just feels like I'm already checking in for my next flight you know, for the next week, uh, you know, when Tuesday rolls around. So it's been really fun. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I think part of it is just being part of a new team with Sherm and with Wit and with Carissa and Tony, just good people, fun to work with. We've kind of developed a good bond. And then the things that you don't think about, the behind the scenes, like as players, you know, we love the equipment guys and the trainers, and you really get to know everybody in that in that building this is the same way. It's the guys behind the camera. It's the producers. It's, you know, the, the makeup artist. And it's just a really tight, cohesive group. Um, yes, I do get makeup. They got though. you in makeup and hair now, huh, Fitz? Oh, I need it. I need it bad. Come a long way since Fat Tony. Yeah, I've come a long way. Shout out Fat Tony. <laughs> best haircut, best mustache trim you've ever had, Bo. You look good up there. You, the fits are, um, are impeccable up there. Like, people... You don't have to wear a suit, which is a big plus. It seems like Whitworth, he's got it down to a science with the sport coat and the hoodie under there. Uh, yeah, he, he, is there an outfit you want back yet this year? 
Uh, yeah, there's probably a couple, but it's just part of it. It's part of my thing. I mean, I there's so many, so many plain dress people with the nice, you know, collar and the in the suit, and you know, Witt's got his deal. He went away from the hoodie one week, and it was just like, what are you doing? He went like buttoned down, you know, with a collar. <laughs> Like wit, you have like a cold following. All his, his closet is just like straight hoodies, um, but I, I like it. I like looking a little bit different up there and wearing goofy <laughs> stuff. Um, so it's been fun. Favorite city you guys have traveled to so far that surprised you as a, as an analyst slash fan of the game now? Because you played in these cities, but what I found is like going to watch a game is a totally different experience and probably analyzing it as well. Yeah, you know, we took uh, in Arizona my kids are in year round school, which at first I thought was a bummer short in summer, but it's so hot in the summer. They put these two week breaks kind of throughout the year. So we had fall break when we were in Chicago. So I brought the whole family out to Chicago and I, to your point, like I played in Chicago, but you're there, you're not seeing much. We spent the whole week there and it was a phenomenal city. We loved it. We did all the touristy stuff. We went all around got great weather, and that was probably my favorite trip so far. Was that the most unwatchable game, ironically, of the Thursday well, night lineup so we, far? And the Thursday night games like, have taken some some shit because they haven't all been great. No, and, and we had some initially that looked like they were going to be good. I mean, if you're looking at the beginning of the year and you saw Indy and Denver on the schedule, you're thinking, boy, that's going to be a good one. Uh, maybe not necessarily the Chicago Washington game, but there's been a couple that on paper were going to be good that have turned out not to be great. But we went through a string there where, I mean, some of those games were absolutely unwatchable, just no offense. It, it wasn't good defense. It was just really bad offense. Uh, thankfully we've got some coming up here to end the season that are going to be good. And last week for us was green Bay, Tennessee. So just in Lambeau, we had the snow falling, uh, Tennessee came out and played really well. That was really fun to watch. Yeah, it was a gorgeous game to watch on TV too. Um, one of the guys that you've gotten to, and unfortunately, the 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 week you guys saw Miami play, Tua got hurt, but he's had such a great year. How do you explain to people what he does well in that offense? I mean, he's obviously distributing the football really well. He's finding uh, he's finding the open guys. He's thrown some people open. Um, I think he's he's made some real leaps. What do you see when, when you look at Tua because you played with him and uh, and he is having a great year? Yeah, he's having a great year. It's good to see him healthy. I mean, that was, you know, our week was the week that he had the real bad posturing and the, the fencing posture. And, you know, it was just scary to see him go off on a stretcher and, you know, took some time away and has been back and completely healthy, which has been nice to see. But, um, you know, with Tua, he has a coach that 100% believes in him which is, you know, something that he didn't have before. Uh, he has an offense that is 100% tailored to him, and he has some of the best weapons in the NFL. But uh, Tua needs to live in that box right over, like between the hashes or between the numbers, you know, that 5 to 20-yard range. He's absolutely deadly when he's throwing in that box. And this offense, there's so much play action. There's so many throws where he's leading guys into that space and has been great at it all year. And then just to throw in somebody like Tyreek, I think, you know, it, it was amazing to see Tyreek in Kansas City, but I now have him on a completely different level watching him play this year because he's absolutely unstoppable. And the energy he brings to that team and the things that he does. And, and the scary thing is 
last game Tyreek had like 45 yards. They're starting to score 30-plus points, and it's not all centered around Tyreek, which uh, is having a great year. And if, if he lives inside of that box, like over the middle of the field, then he's a really efficient, accurate quarterback. Yeah, he's been really dynamite right in that space. I mean, that that's and you don't have to win outside the numbers, do you in the NFL? I mean, like it's it nobody's taken that space away yet. Yeah. And it's it's shocking that they haven't, but he keeps it's like every game you watch, it's not, it's not even I mean, guys are wide open. And I think part of that is, you know, the, they talk about the genius of Mike McDaniel and his scheme and some of the stuff he does with runs and you know, pulling different linemen, and they just—they've got it dialed in right now to where it's really starting to come together. That running game is finally really starting to hit. Um, so it's been really exciting to watch. Yep, Jeff Wilson's been great. Yeah, Jeff Wilson's been great. And on the other side of things, you talked about Tyreek. Like I had a hard time evaluating him because I knew he was great, but I just didn't know how the marriage would work down there because you assume like, oh, Patrick Mahomes is going to get the most out of Tyreek. But in a sense, I feel like, and you've heard Patrick say this, is like, I, I have to really go through my progression now. And, you know, I'm really just throwing it to the open guy. Uh, whereas before, I think, you know, you have this dynamic player. Matter of fact, you have two of them in Travis and Tyreek. And you're like, ah, where is he? You know, like, I, 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 have you ever felt like I've got such a good player, it's distracting as a quarterback? Yeah, well, and, you, and you get pressured by a little bit, too. You know, you go to the sideline and and you know that said player will throw Brandon Marshall's name in there again is like giving you the side eye because some of these guys too they're so smart and like they know when it's one-on-one that you're making the decision not to throw to them like okay me and you know whoever it was on the other side had the same route the safety was in the middle of the field and the ball's not coming my way you know so that plays into a little bit as a quarterback where you're like oh man I gotta I gotta get this guy the the ball next time we have that look. But um, to your point about, you know, going through his progressions and everything else with Mahomes, I would still throw to Travis Kelsey a lot because, my God, he is he is so good. <laughs> and it, like, I just don't even – like, it's so subtle, too. Some of his wiggle and everything else, like, he's such an amazing football player and we're we're pretty lucky to be watching him in the prime of his career. The other guy on the other side of and Mahomes to me is is the MVP. I mean, there's a lot can happen between now and the end of the season, but what he's done is amazing. It was encapsulated Sunday night, like just the fire that he plays with. You know, the ball he threw to Fortson uh, just stuck in my head. Uh, you know, like just hit him in the ear hole. I mean, like you can't place that ball any better. Uh, they're so deadly uh, with those crossers and that mesh route at the end of the game was was like, it's, what can you do? You know, it's just, you got Derwin James on you. But on the other side of things, Justin Herbert leads this big comeback drive. And it's like, what do I have to do, you know, to, to beat these guys? And, uh, you know, you, that that drive should should be enough, but it's not. And then he gets the ball back with 30 seconds and throws a pick. Uh, but it was going to be tough to to overcome that. What do you make of Justin Herbert's development? Because, you know, some people have reasonably criticized maybe them not getting the most out of him, maybe too many checkdowns, and then some people have been really hyperbolic as of late and been like, oh, this guy's trash. He's a social media quarterback. I don't know what that means. But um, what, what, do you, what do you make of the conversation around Justin Herbert? Yeah, so we got to see him – uh, our first game of the year was Kansas City and the Chargers, and that was the game that he ended up getting hurt, you know, hurt his ribs or whatever the exact injury was. 
And I mean, I am screaming at Staley to take him out because he can't even stand up. He can't even call a play. You know, he's doing like the, you know, Rocky four where his ribs are broken or whatever it is. He's hunched over. And then on yeah. like fourth and 10, he uncorks his absolute dime down the middle of the field for like 35, 40 yards. And oh. that, that told me almost everything I needed to know about him. Cause I think he's a quiet guy. There's some leadership questions there, but like those guys love playing with him. and that right there and what he did, you know, for his team, that told me a lot about it. That being said, like, the yards per attempt, when you when you look at them throwing the ball 40 and 50 times a game and being under 300 yards passing, it's just tough to see because he's so talented. You know, Mike Williams uh, and Keenan Allen have been hurt. Like, they haven't had their two top dogs, but they yep. still need to put the ball down the field more. And, and some of that probably is coaching. Some of that is his mentality, but – um, I would like to see them be more aggressive. I'd like to see them use his athleticism a little bit more. Uh, but that is a very big man, just shaking his head. I mean, he's tall. He's, he's obviously, you know, he's, he's got the, the California good looks like you like to go after Bo. Uh, and he just, you know, he's a smart player. <laughs> right. He's very diligent, like loves practice, loves working after practice. Um, so he has all those characteristics. But we just got to start putting the ball down the field a little bit more, please. Yeah, I so agree with you. Black Friday is here, and I think we all know what that means. It's time to get your cuts essentials for next year. To us at Greenlight, nothing is more essential than some closet staples. That's why we go with cuts. Not only are they some of the best clothes out there, but right now for the next few days only, they're running their 25 to 50% off site-wide Black Friday sale. Cuts makes professional-looking performance apparel so you can feel comfortable at work or out on the town. Every Cuts shirt is designed to provide a perfectly tailored fit, and they're insanely comfortable. Cuts has perfected the art and science of men's shirts, so you can throw one on and look great without ever thinking twice about it. We've been seeing Cuts everywhere lately, and especially on NFL Sunday with Joe Burrow, Rob Gronkowski, Patrick Mahomes, all the GOATs, they're rocking cuts. That's what they're doing these days. Cuts has totally revolutionized the traditional, outdated t-shirt category. They make it easy to mix and match styles and colors so you can find the perfect style. Long sleeve Henley, no problem. Short sleeve crew neck, they've got it. Tees, hoodies, polos, and more are all available with cuts. These are some of the best quality shirts you'll ever own, and they're engineered to last. These aren't fast fashion shirts. These are cuts. Join hundreds and thousands of men who have already made the simple decision to elevate their wardrobe with cuts. Get 25 to 50% off your first order by going to cutsclothing.com slash greenlight. That's C-U-T-S clothing.com slash greenlight for up to 50% off the only shirt worth wearing. I started taking Athletic Greens because I wanted to see what all the hype was about. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash greenlight. 
Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash greenlight to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Fitz, if we can shift gears here a little bit. You a little disappointed that they switched the uh, snow game to Detroit last week? I mean, I know we've talked before how much you love your time in, uh, in Buffalo and you, you know, like those cold weather games. Do you have any thoughts on that? I mean, I personally would have loved to have seen that. What do you think? Yeah, it would it would have been incredible. I, I think uh, logistically, it just wasn't gonna work out. But that, like, first of all, for Buffalo to lose right. a home game is tough. For those fans to lose a chance to go watch their team, I, I know everybody there hated it. But the logistics, unless everybody was coming You're a in and out, guy. On, You're Bill's I'm, mafia. I'm a Buffalo. I mean, I I might have been there with my shirt off. Who knows? You know, doing snow angels in the end zone. But uh, we have them. I was, I was yeah. Say. We have them next week. Uh, unfortunately, it's not in Buffalo. It's in New England. But I can't wait to watch my man Josh Allen play. Uh, you know, I. But yeah, that was a bummer. My buddies were sending me pictures. They'd open the garage and have their kids stand with the snow behind them, and then three hours later, they send me another one and another one. And it was, I mean, it was true whiteout conditions for sure. <laughs> well, I remember the video of you. I think you went to the Bills game. Was it the AFC Wild Card game or something like that with Brady? And you were in the fan in the stands with the fans. You had your shirt off. Uh, what do you think? You got some more of that in you this year, or what? <laughs> well, so just to yeah. So Brady is my oldest son, not named after Tom Brady. Thank you for that question and pointing that out, whoever that was. Uh, so Brady. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was so about Br- to. I was going to try to slip that one in there. Big, <laughs> big Brady fan. Uh, yeah. So Brady and my. <laughs> Wait, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Where do we land? Were you that motherfucker, Fitzy? Fitzy, were you that motherfucker? Dude, he, you know what? Like, I feel like there's no doubt that I was that guy. <laughs> and, you know, Tom came out and it, I'm glad he's thinking about me. He said that, like, oh, no, it definitely wasn't him. But uh, Tom has lied before. He's lied before. So um, I will still put myself. Um, I still want to make t shirts. That's too good, man. That's too good. I mean, yeah. Do you even feel bad? Do you feel, does your, does your, I don't know if it's disdain or what. But like, uh, have you, have you felt bad for Brady this year? Like, just with everything that's gone on with the injuries and the whole thing. Like, is are we allowed to feel bad for somebody who's had such a good life? I don't know because I mean, he's you know, it's been such a obviously wonderful career, but like, he's had it good for so long, you know. So it's okay. It's okay that we get to see a little bit of struggle, and every now and again, like. <laughs> You know, when they're not winning games, he's not throwing for 300. Like, we're allowed to smile. It's a hating ass pot, and I love it. Uh, I mean, this guy. These, I mean, these are pretty- three of the biggest fucking haters. Hey, listen. That, hey, that motherfucker's struggling. Yeah. Right, Fitzy? Fitz, is, uh, Fitz has been watching the, the Tampa Bay Bucks struggle a little bit this year. They're sticking with this motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> What was your question about Brady, Bo? <laughs> I just had to ask. I don't even. I was just trying to slip that in there because you saw it coming a mile away. But I was like, oh, by the way, you named your your uh, your first fourth son after one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Huh? Jesus, I was just waiting for that. I yeah. had that whole scripted out. You saw I, it not a, a not a bow in the whole in the whole conversion van. Not a single bow. Not a single bow in the whole conversion van. He didn't name anybody bow. 
Not yet. You know. still got. I think there's three or four more Fitzes on the way, though. Do you have a conversion van, Fitzy? I feel like people know this. Do you? Do, do you like with all the 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 churin? Do you do you have to like buy different vehicles and that sort of thing? Yeah. So when we went from six to seven, it was the first time we had to think about whether we we're going to have another kid or not because we no longer fit in a normal minivan. So that was a big decision for us. Like. Are we going away from the normal mini? So we went with the uh, the Nissan NV, and people ask all the time, like, "Well, why didn't you get a Mercedes Sprinter?" Like, because, like, I mean, Chris, you know how I mean, goldfish <laughs> smashed everywhere. Like, you find a dirty diaper like three weeks mm-hmm. later. I just needed something that we could mm-hmm. mess up, that we could beat up. We wouldn't care about it. And you know, my youngest is now three. We're starting to get to the point where maybe we could upgrade to a nicer vehicle. But that thing has, has done the trick the last three or four years for us. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. What kind of games? Uh, so when I was when Fitz and I were in Tampa together, I'd pop over to his house. We'd play some Catan, Settlers of Catan, some Exploding Kittens, you know, just Bo and Fitz and, and some of the some of the boys. What kind of games are we rocking with lately? What are we? And Fitz and I would play ping pong for hours at the at the stadium. Just we a had couple, some just a couple exploding was, kings. Yeah. No, I mean, we've been, you know, with the, with the girls kind of getting a little bit older um, and getting interested, a lot of skippo, you might have to catch up on your skippo and your phase 10, but uh, yeah, settlers, that's still a big one. But then also, you know, we're the, the older boys are starting to convert to, you know, like some of the video game stuff, which, which is great, but it's taken away daddy time and playing yeah. some of these games you know which is a little bit of a bummer splendor is another one i want you to look up and kind of get into because we will take you down in some splendor I'll look that up. yeah what's going on with pickleball it's all i hear about now it's all the rage people are buying pickleball teams fitzy's yeah, playing pickleball, pickleball team, bo talks about it what's going on with pickleball well I, you might need chris's money not mine chris was the what were you the second pick overall so he, I mean, I know it was QB money, yeah. but yeah, and I was signed yeah. a big deal as well. Don't forget yeah. that. Yeah, I'm not forgetting that. And plus the <laughs> the lucrative podcast. So. I got that seventh round bread, boy. Yeah, I'm with you, Butter <laughs> King. Dude, I, uh, Bo and I were going to get together and play some pickleball when I was in town for the uh, for the Tampa game. It just ended up didn't end up happening, which. I feel like that happens a lot. Hey, let's get together and do some exercise or something. Oh, no, meet me at the bar and we'll have a couple beers. Okay, yeah. Uh, so that's how that went, too. We didn't okay. get to play pickle. Who, who, whose idea was that, my, my friend? Who Who is it that wanted to play pickleball and who is it that was at the at the bar? You tell me. Well, right? we had like, you know, we had like uh, three hours together. So I did not want to spend an hour watching you stretch, an hour – with you telling me about your new pickleball racket and the equipment that you wear, and then thirty minutes playing pickleball, so that's valid. This is I, great. I understand that. I'm gonna come to Arizona, absolutely fucking whoop your ass. I'm gonna dink you up and down. I'm gonna smash in your face. You guys, oh, it'll be like ping pong in the locker room all over again. You guys, man. I mean, you and your pickleball. We'll see if I ever, if I ever do anything like that. Hey, hey, Fitzy, I wanted to ask you about scariest rushers. And not like the most effective ones, because like, hey, Micah Parsons has less sacks than Matt Judon right now. Micah Parsons objectively scares the shit out of me. You know, like yeah. <laughs> he's just who's when you when you're a quarterback. We talked about this the other day. You randomly sent me a picture of um, me hitting you in Buffalo, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, well, 
did that hurt? Do you remember if that hurt? Like, do, do, do you remember hits that hurt? Do you remember who scared you the most? Like, what makes a scary rusher? Uh, so I told you the two hits that hurt the most, James Harrison and London Fletcher. Those two guys, you know, multiple rib fractures, that whole deal. They were short. They were compact. I feel like the scariest rushers, and Harrison was one of these guys, um, they don't talk much. Like, I'm okay with the guys that are jabbering and coming at you and saying all that, but, like, he was kind of this silent assassin that just, it always seemed like he had a screw loose and uh, just seemed like he wanted to injure you on every play. And so I, I think mentality more, I mean, Miles Garrett, you play against him and he just, he looks unbelievable, but that mentality of like, I'm trying to kill you. I'm trying to end your life and I'm not going to talk much about it. I'm just going to have a mean face on. Those were always the guys for me that were most intimidating. You know, your, boy, um, your buddy, Brandon, Brandon Graham's a big talker, right? Like Brandon's a good player, big talker, but like he talks <laughs> a lot. He smiles. Yeah. 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 Um, but Fletcher yeah. Cox always really yeah. like the Aaron Donalds were like this guy might actually Well, because yeah. he's so fucking big and powerful. It's just like that's the thing about the D tackles and when they land on you, and that's what out of all these quarterback rules, I mean, obviously you don't want to get hit in the head, but are you a fan of the hey, no putting your weight into my chest, or would you trade that? Like if you had to take one away, no getting hit below the the knees. No getting hit in the chest. You had to pick one as a quarterback, like one luxury to have. The reality, you guys get everything. But like, say you could just pick one. Which one do, yeah, do you take? I just think I think the landing on the quarterback rule is tough, right? I mean, I, I, I know like it, it's all about the safety of the quarterback and like nobody wants to see Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen injured. Like that's why we all watch these games. But um, that's one I I would be fine if they took out. You know, you can't put your full body weight on the quarterback. I think that's yeah. tough for you guys. And and we're seeing it now. Like, sometimes guys are taking quarterbacks down and kind of letting up, and then all of a sudden they're escaping and getting out of the sack. Yeah, you'll um, see them kind of get up like this. Yeah. Yeah, or they're doing that to where they're like, okay, don't throw a flag on me, please. Um, that's one I don't really love. What about, what? like, one guy that's in my, my thoughts right now, and I'm being serious, is Matt Stafford because – He's had two weeks in a row. I don't know if he's in concussion protocol right now, but like he had a concussion a couple weeks ago. He came out of the game last week with, you know, maybe a head injury, right, Reed? It was a head injury. Um, and I mean, concussions are scary anyways, but it's like, what are you playing for? You know, I, I look at Matt Stafford and I'm like, you have, you've done everything. Uh, you could, I mean, I just respect his career so much and what he overcame and then what he was able to do last year. And that team is so bad right now. And, like, you've been a veteran quarterback. Obviously, your circumstances were often different where you're like, I got to suit up. But, like, if you're Matt Stafford right now, how do you feel about trotting back out there if you're worried about your head? Uh, you've had two dings in a, in a row, and this team's not very good. Like, it, is this a situation where a quarterback might be like, hey, for my health, let's punt to next year? Yeah, and I, I think that's a decision that can be made by the quarterback and his family. I think that's a decision that a team could make too. I think, you know, potentially a, a coach or a GM can say, look, this is where we're at right now. We're not very good. Uh, we're going to get somebody else in there. Like, we're looking at long term health right here. And I don't know that that's going to happen or not, but that team, it, it's hard when you look at that team. They went all in last year, they won the whole thing, but 
okay, well, how are they going to get better? They don't have any draft picks. You know, they, they went after a guy like Brian Burns and are trying to mortgage the future out uh, even more. But I, I just – there's no short-term fix for that team right now because they don't really have any resources to do it. So I think it's a scary proposition for them for the future years as well. But, yeah, th- at this point, Cooper Cup's out. Stafford's having some injuries. They've got nobody up front. They've been killed on the offensive line. You know, they're three and seven or wherever they are. It's a it's a tough proposition to finish out that season when you're talking about head injuries. And then up north in Seattle, and they've it feels like we've stopped talking about them because they've had the bye. They had Germany where they came back down to earth a little bit. Um, there there was such a hot team for a while and, and they still are you know, they, it's a good it's a good football team. I have concerns about the defense, but Gino, um Man, what a great story. I mean, um, you probably know as well as anybody what goes into him biding his time and waiting. Like, obviously, you didn't have to wait long. You were you, you stayed fresh, but to gather rust or to, to improve, like I feel like is what faces a guy who's sitting in a meeting room. Like, you probably have a, a decision to make. Like, am I going to approach this like I'm going to have an opportunity to play or am I punching a clock? And obviously, he must have been – He's been in his bag, so to speak, um, you know, ready to, to pounce on that opportunity. What goes into to pouncing on that opportunity for a guy who hasn't played for a number of years and, and looks like he's playing his best football? Yeah, it's been an incredible story. And just, you know, to go back to 2015 was the year, you know, that he much talked about breaks his jaw. And then I end up playing that whole year. I end up being the starter the next year. Uh, I get benched at one point for Gino. Gino comes in and tears his ACL. And so, you know, after that, he bounced around Chargers, Giants, a couple different teams. Um, but really, like, part of his thing, I think he's just matured. And each stop that he's made, he's matured. He's continued to develop the mental side of it because it was never – I mean, his ability to throw the football has always been unbelievable. I mean, as, as quarterbacks, oh, he could spin that thing. Like, the ball comes out of his hand. You know, and he's one of those guys I look at when he throws and it's like, how, how am I playing the same position that he is? You know, because that's not what it looks like when I throw the football and it's not effortless like that. But it's a testament to him. It's a testament to how much he has matured over the last six, seven, eight years uh, and sticking with it. Uh, but yeah, it's it's great. And that, that Seattle team, I mean, Sherm is filling me in every week, but they're young. They hit on a bunch of rookies this year. Pete Carroll's done a great job. You know, they were left to dead before the season even started. Um, so I, I'm really happy for Gino. I'm happy to see how they finish out the season. But there's a lot of talent on it, young talent on that roster. Last thing on QBs, because we, I, I, I love what you said about Gino, like the fact that it's not some overachiever story. It's like this is he can throw the football. He's always been able to throw the football. And I don't think that's something I really knew. Like I just always kind of assumed that – he wasn't that great of a thrower, and you know there was some maturity issues. But you're saying he can really spin it. Who are some guys in the NFL that you would like buy low, and you think can spin it, but maybe right now it's not working out for? Who? Uh, I mean, Zach Wilson can spin it. I mean, the ball comes off of his hand, and it is effortless. Didn't look like it on Sunday, but you know you're just talking strictly on arm talent. Um, He's a guy that just jumps off the page when you watch him throw. I mean, the guys that I've always loved, we always see Aaron Rodgers and talk about Aaron Rodgers and the effortless throwing. Uh, but Stafford, like, forever, forever has been one of my favorite quarterbacks. 
because of the way the ball comes out of his hand and because of his mentality, he's fearless, all that. Um, I'm just trying to think of some of these young guys. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's where where I would be at. I mean, Zach Wilson's the guy that can throw the crap out of the ball, but you know, obviously maybe needs some time with some of the maturity stuff. Do you like Heineke? You played with him. Love Taylor, man. And and a lot of a lot of Taylor, I mean, it's the intangibles. It's the team just feels different when he's in the lineup, you know, and, it, and statistically, if you go and compare Carson Wentz and Taylor Heineke, they're not all that different. I mean, they're they're probably pretty similar in terms of the stats, but people play for Taylor and it's a great story and he's a lovable guy and you just know every time you're on the field, he's going to give you everything he has. And look, he's not going to be the long-term starter it's anywhere. Is, is there a, is there a quarterback um, that Heineke might uh, remind you of a little bit that you can think of off the top of your head? You know, just a gritty guy. The team loves him. Um, you know, kind of puts it all out there on the field. Surprisingly mobile. Um, well, I, I will. Has I like will, a funny little swag to him. I will say, Butter King, I have no tattoos. I've got a full head of hair, very luscious. Um, and I don't drink bush light. So there are some similarities maybe, but there's also some big differences. <laughs> but you never got everybody Jordans, there, Fitzy. I never saw you getting everybody Jordans, bro. No, and I bet you Taylor's <laughs> probably been to a few nightclubs too. So there's some differences. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> I want to leave I want to leave uh Fitzy on this thing here. And I just found this out before. Now, I don't know if you know this, Bo, but when uh, I was in St. Louis. Uh, I think, and hey, you you be my guest here, Fitzy, to weigh in. But the the facilities were not great. I mean, like you've been to a bunch of facilities in the NFL. You've worked at different places. Like we were getting, we were eating Mexican food one day. We were eating Chinese food the next day. We were in like Subway the next day. Like we never had good food. The facilities were jacked up. Um, I think there was like toxic waste brewing up the hill from where we. We were breathing pathogens in, but there was this beautiful gas station across the street. It was an Exxon where I used to stop and get dip and wrap snacks and all types of stuff, uh, little trinkets. And uh, it turns out that Fitzy got engaged in Earth City, Missouri at the Exxon across the street from said facility. Did you know that about him, Bo? That he's romantic yeah. as fuck? I did know that. I've I've uh, spent a lot of hours with getting to know my boy Fitz over at Wright's Deli, over a board game or over board games and cribbage. Uh, and so I did happen to know that. And you know, <laughs> we talk about your beautiful wife Meg, yeah. Fitz's beautiful wife Liza, absolute beast on the Peloton. She's got seven kids. <laughs> but she is a fucking saint. So. <laughs> That's uh, that's how romance is born. I can guys. tell you're afraid of both our wives. Uh, Fitzy, tell us about <laughs> what went into proposing at a gas station. Well, you know, the full story is it was connected to a McDonald's. <laughs> and so it was very classy. You know, we about that. Yeah. We, so we go, <laughs> we, we were going to get something to eat. I had bought the ring earlier in the day. They thought they double charged her at the gap. You know, I was, I was making good money as a seventh round pick. So we shopped at places like the gap for coats. Um, so I decided, decided to treat my boo to a little, uh, light pink, uh, $112 coat probably. So we were going to check she wanted to make sure that they didn't double charge her. And I'm like, well, I just bought a ring on that same account. We had a joint account at the time. 
And so I'm asking her all these places, hey, let's go to Ruth Chris, let's go somewhere in Clayton, Ladue, you know, whatever. And she's just looking at me like, what do you, let's go to McDonald's. Okay, let's go to McDonald's. And I did it there, like in between bites, I think she got like the 10 piece nugget, you know, and it's like sweet and sour sauce. And I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> like, um, but if, you know, Bo knows Liza very well. Um, just kind of her personality, who she is. The thing is, and what I tell my kids all the time, and this is with my career as well, um, let's don't set high expectations right away. Make sure that bar is here so you're always exceeding mm. expectations. So that's kind of what I've done in my marriage as well. Um, yeah, so we may, I, I think we may go to, uh, I don't know, I, like an Olive Garden or something to celebrate our 20th anniversary coming up. First date chilies. <laughs> Is that, and then what was, yeah. how does Wendy's factor into this? Wendy, was Wendy's, Wendy's was our first, first Valentine's, day? yeah, first Valentine's Day was Wendy's, first Valentine's oh. Day. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Does that count as a public proposal there, Fitzy, at the McDonald's in our city? There's a lot of people that come through there. It's a, it's a, it's a throughway for I-70. Yeah, but you know, we had our own secluded booth. I made sure to get the nice one in the back, you know, with the red light over top. So it was a real romantic scene. Good vibes. Like VIP booth. Yeah. <laughs> right we by brought the out the uh, the ten piece nugs with some sprinklers. There was an sparklers. Albert Pujols jersey, like right next to where we were too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, we gotta go back to the scene. To the scene. We gotta do an E sixty. What if I told you a family of 12 would start at a McDonald's? <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, that is just beautiful. I <laughs> Magical. Indeed, man, indeed. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, media mogul, great player, loved playing against Fitzy, and one of Bo's best friends. I'm sorry to hear that, uh, Ryan, but you've been gracious with your time. Yeah, yeah, we thank we, you guys. we could talk to you all day. I don't know if I think I told you this when I saw you, Fitz, but you're actually my first sack in the NFL. I figured that out recently. Brandon, <laughs> me and Brandon Bear combined on a sack, <laughs> held the ball a little long in uh, I think it was Houston in 2014 or. 2015. Are you sure you so didn't just clean hey, we, your guy I, and get to me quickly, Bo? <laughs> no, I held the ball a little bit. I think it was like, you know, first down, 22 personnel kind of thing. I uh, definitely beat that guy in New York clean. He definitely didn't pat the ball too long at the end of that Jets game. Hey, and I, I've traced it back, Fitzy. I mean, that was a clean win, but I appreciate the one pat. Uh, I traced it back in 2016 when we beat you guys in New York. That, that is the start of the, the streak, the Patriots-Jets uh, yeah. losing streak. It's, what is it? 14 in a row, and so, uh, you know, you and me, look at us. We start, <laughs> Look at us. Look at us. We started that. Good so, stuff, man. Good stuff. A little stuff. bit of history for you. Love you, man. Good to see you, I appreciate buddy. Appreciate Bo, really big news. Yo. This is like some of the biggest news, uh, I don't know, biggest news of the day, at least. Uh, win, the win, win bet. They're rolling out a Chris Long Thanksgiving special. How cool is that, huh? I've really made it. That is really cool, yeah. Chris. What is it, like a couple turkeys? What do we got? No, 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 no. Bet a $100 parlay on the three Thanksgiving NFL games, and you receive a $2 free bet for each sack recorded in the games. Okay, so I'm looking Ooh. at these games. 
You got Dallas leading the yep. league in sacks. Dallas leading the league in sacks. Who else? New plays? England. Matt Judon. New England. The banged up Vikings O line. Man, Ooh. man, oh man. That could be juicy. Touch. That could be a juicy turkey. Really juicy, to be honest. So yeah, I'm 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 excited about that. It feels like we made it, and if if I get a chance, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. Hundred dollar parlay and just watch the sacks roll in, Bo. So this is our kind gambling of, is fun. Yes, it is. Yes, it is, Bo. Hey, that was a fun interview, Bo. Appreciate you you hunting that guy down. Yeah, it took a lot of convincing. Um, no, I love Fitz, man. I could spend all day just shooting the shit with him. He's the best guy. His little giggle that he has mm-hmm. and, you know, his little inside jokes. He's He loves to, uh, you know, loves to fuck around, but, like, uh, honestly, just the best dude ever. And the fact that he has seven kids and, like, still, you know, finds time for – all the stuff and catching up with former teammates, it's pretty cool. He's the man. He's the man, and so are you, Bo Allen. I hope you have a great Thanksgiving, Bo. I'm very thankful for you. Wow. Yeah. Say that again a little louder for the people in the back, Chris. <laughs> hey, you only get one one compliment at Thanksgiving. This is <laughs> you your know, Thanksgiving Chris, I'm, special. I'm thankful for you, too, and oh, everybody you. else at the Greenlight Studios. Yeah. I Couldn't just be my moment. For you. Had to be everybody you know at the Greenlight Studios. I, guess, I didn't Chris, say I'm though. thankful for your whole family. Well, maybe you should now. Now's a good time for that. I love your parents, Bo. All right. Hey, Bo, take care. Later, Gator. All right.